Hello and welcome to episode 19 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. How have you been, Rob? Good week? Fantastic, yeah. So a 6-0 drubbing on Sunday and then a lovely trip up to Nakumpanom. Yeah, fantastic. Sounds great. There's one thing, Dale, this country never fails to amaze me, some incredible places. It is lovely, isn't it? And travelling around, I always enjoy it. So yeah, make the most of it. And if you can stick a couple of football matches in there as well, even better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've got loads to get through today. So we're going to start with the match reports. And the middle of last week, Matt Jenkins went to watch Bangkok United play in Hong Kong. And he sent us this fantastic report of a very good evening for his team. Ties to the podcast. Match reports. Welcome to Hong Kong and the Hong Kong Stadium for the third game in the ACL. Kitchi versus Bangkok United. Bangkok coming on the back of two wins out of two and Kitchi coming on the back of two losses out of two. Top versus bottom and a big game for both sides. Half time here at the Hong Kong Stadium and it's Kitchi 1, Bangkok United 1. An awful first half of football from a Bangkok United perspective. 1 0 down after seven minutes and a massive error from Patty Watt in goal. 20 minutes gone, Titi Pan stretched off, looking like a quite serious injury. And Bangkok really not clicking in any way whatsoever, not being able to string two or three passes together. Looking like a team that hadn't kicked a ball perhaps in two weeks rather than had rest in two weeks. Really disjointed, uh, no link up play. Only really Everton and Supan at the back looking anywhere near a good level. But just before half time, out of nowhere and totally undeserved to be honest and totally against the run of play, uh, a long ball over the top pulled down by Mahmoud Eid crossed into the centre of the box and Rungrat was there basically to strike the ball in from about six yards out, making it one all. That first half couldn't come to an end quick enough. It was really, really horrid. I didn't see a scoring in any way whatsoever. So that goal before halftime hopefully provides to be a real boost going into the second half. About 200 fans here, I would say, in the Bangkok ends. It's a good turnout again. Clearly uh, lots of people travelling from Bangkok, but lots of locals as well. Uh, Thai locals appearing here, showing up and cheering for for the team again. Great support as always from these uh, loyal fans and noisy fans. Full time at the Hong Kong Stadium, Kitchi SC1, Bangkok United 2. A better second half from Bangkok United, but nowhere near as good as we've been in the last two games. A penalty in the 52nd minute, handball by the Kitchi left back, ball bounced up onto the hand, and after a long VIR wait, the penalty was given. Willem Motta slammed it into the bottom left-hand corner. Keeper going the right way, but couldn't get close to it. After that, the game started to get a bit more feisty, a bit more entertainment to it, but again, really failing to string a lot of passes together and not looking that fantastic. On 80 minutes, Girardi put in a fairly hideous tackle uh, that started with a yellow and again after a long VAR check was upgraded to a red card. It looked like it was going to be a red and then it was backs to the wall for the last 10 minutes. Everton hit the crossbar earlier in the half. Kitchi had a couple of chances, Patiwat making a couple of good saves towards the end of the game but really Kitchi looked not great, not great at all. But Bangkok United just about scraped through. But that was a uh, three points stolen 
rather than uh, two points dropped. On to the next game, Kitchi again at home, but nine points in the bag and three games to go. Getting closer to it, and when you start winning games that you don't deserve to, there's maybe a chance that we're going to qualify from this group. I think we will. Uh, I think then it'll be interesting to get through to the next round and then see what happens. All in all, though, beautiful stadium set high up in the uh, in the hills, overlooking the Wan Chai and Causeway Bay area of Hong Kong. Nice climate evening, very cool. About 800 baht a ticket, so a bit more expensive than we're used to paying. But all in all, good fun, good facilities, good fans, enjoyable game. On to the next. That was brilliant. Thanks so much, Matt. And a well-deserved win in the end, I thought. Well, they're doing well, aren't they? They're a good side. They're doing very well. You can't question it, can you? Top of the group. Three wins out of three. Surely a home banker in the next the next round of fixtures. Uh, they're going to qualify, which is great. It's good good for Thai football and good for the club as well. They get a bit, a bit of a battering, don't they, from certain quarters. But they're obviously doing something right. They are. I mean, let's be honest. There's plenty of us writing them off before the start of the season. It's good to be proven wrong with stuff like that. Yeah, and Matt clearly enjoyed his trip to Hong Kong as well. He did and thanks ever so much as ever Matt Okay, on with the domestic match reports now and what was possibly the game of the weekend was down in T3 and Marco was there to watch it all and he sent us this report, he's he's gone all Chris Kamara I think at one point in here, I need to call you Jeff then this is Marco at the game of the week in T3 Ties to Match Reports Slightly different match preview today. It's four hours before kickoff, and I'm sat in the home dugout at Patani Stadium, aka Rainbow Stadium. Today's match is a T3 South fixture between Patani FC and Narra United. Patani FC are top of the league and are the only team in Thailand's top three tiers that still have a 100% record. And their striker, Nathan Oliveira, has got 10 goals. He's the joint top scorer in the country as well. Narra United are fifth in the table, but uh, I think this has got all the hallmarks of a home banker. It should be a good atmosphere today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Well, the cat amongst the pigeons early on here. It's 1-0 to Narry United in the sixth minute. And I uh, wasn't sure if it had been disallowed at first, but no, the goal stands. Patani's 100% record is uh, under threat. Goal, it's 1-0, and it's that man, Natang, with his 11th of the season. Uh, it, to be honest, he hadn't had a sniff up until this point. He, Patani created very little, and in fact, it was Patani's goalkeeper who's kept them in the game, really. He made two fantastic saves uh, earlier on. Patani are back in it. Oh, my word. Literally a minute later, it's 2-1 to Nari United. A pretty mad one, really, because the game kicked off. And half of the Patani team were still having a drink at the side of the pitch. So they threw the water bottles down and had to just run back onto the pitch. Nara went up the other end and scored straight from the kickoff. Well, it, just before half time, it's 3 1 to Nara United. Quite a long range shot, floated over the goalkeeper, and it's in. And uh, my prediction of this being a home banker is looking extremely shaky. There was a bit of a disturbance in the, in the main stand as well before. Three or four minutes, there was all hell breaking loose, so uh, that's one to keep an eye on. But yeah, pretty much half time now. Patani FC 1, Nara United 3. Felipe Nunes! As you can hear, Felipe Nunes has pulled one back for Patani. It's 3-2 now, and it's about 20 minutes to go. So hopefully it'll be an entertaining last 20 minutes. It's 3-0! What a goal! 
can't believe this. It's 4-3 to Narrow United now. Broken away and scored. After it went to 3-3, there was a bit of a disturbance between the two sets of fans. There's no segregation over there, but uh, it looked like it calmed down. Another goal here, it's 4-4. Batani has scored straight from a free kick. And probably 5-10 minutes left. Is there a chance to get a winner? Or will Mary United grab what would probably be a deserved winner for themselves? Let's wait and see. Full time here at Patani Stadium. It was Patani FC 4, Narry United 4. Um, I think Narry United probably deserved to win. I should whisper that quietly, but they had more chances. I think Patani can count themselves quite lucky to come away with a point, but it was a great game of football, great atmosphere, volatile. We had crowd trouble at one end, we had crowd trouble in the uh, VIP area. Amazing atmosphere, and I would highly recommend if you can ever get, get the chance to come to Patani to watch a game. Great game of football, and it was 4 4. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. And what a spectacle you got to see down there. It's funny, we were just talking about T3 in the South last week. And a uh, perfect example. I mean, the club reckoned there was over 8,000 there. Uh, the official Thai League website registered it as, I think it was 5,100. But it sounded like a fantastic occasion, didn't it? It, it had everything. Like, I mean, eight goals, crowd trouble, fantastic atmosphere, big crowd. What an advert for football in the South. It is, yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get at least one of them teams up. That would be nice. Anyway, moving along, back into the top division, we've got Kevin. And Kevin's, as you would imagine, not very happy this week with Mung Tong's performance. So we'll let him tell you all about it and then we'll have a quick chat afterwards. So here's Kevin. Ties to the Match reports. Hello Dale, it's Kevin from Kickoff Corner and this is my match report for Utai Thani FC versus Mung Tong United. Utai Thani managed to get all three points despite Mung Tong having kind of a good start to the game but losing 4-2 to Utai Thani is a bit of an embarrassment, I'm not gonna lie. They're a newly promoted side. Before this game, they were literally kissing the relegation zone. First of all, this team is not supposed to, to lose 4-2 to any team in the league. You know, let's get into the match report. I would like to talk a little bit about the lineup. Let's start with the back five. The goalkeeper was Korakot, Chayapho as the fullback alongside Tristongdo, and the centre back partnership was Songwood and Tirapat. I think this was the best selection that Coach Uthai could have done for the back five. When we move to the midfield, we have Picha Utra, Kanarin, Vira Tape. On paper, this midfield would suggest that Meung Tong would be the dominating team. Meung Tong would be the one with the higher position, Meung Tong would be the one who would create more chances. That was never the case. My problem in the lineup starts from the front three. Coach Uthai starts Wong Sakom and Jalen Sak in the wing positions and Stefan Skefovic as the striker. So he went with the 4-3-3 formation and choosing to drop Poramit in this game was a big mistake. He should have gone with a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 playing Poramit as a number 10 at least because in the last few games, we have seen that he was one of the pivotal players to scrap a result for Meng Tong and he has been scoring goals. So dropping him, it, it was a bit of a surprise to me to be honest because I don't think he's injured. He was on the bench. The game actually started off really well for Meng Tong. In the first five minutes, you saw Kanarin with that incredible volley and my my god, that goal was really amazing. But Meung Tong played maybe for only like 10, first 10 or maximum 15 minutes. And after that, I think it was a tactical decision from the coach to go and park the bus. You go to Uthai Thani, 
a newly promoted side, you just go up 1-0 in just 5 minutes and you decide to park the bus. I mean, if you look at the stats of the first half itself, Uthai Thani had 63% of the ball possession. In the first half, Uthai Thani has managed to get in 10 total shots and we have allowed them to create 3 chances. Parking the bus after like just 10 minutes, it's a bit strange. Honestly, I almost wish that Mario was back <laughs> because at least he was entertaining. I might sound like a hypocrite right now, but damn, that, that game was so boring. We did have Jaron Sack back in the in, in the lineup because he had to miss the last game because of uh, illness. But he played less than 60 minutes once again. He got injured, he had to go out. I really hope it's just a slight knock and he can come back from this injury because right now Mung Thong United looks like they have an injury crisis. Villian Pop has not been playing. Bilong has not been playing and our defense is abysmal. Now Jaron Sack, one of the important players as well, is injured. When I say that we gotta get, you know, this injury injury crisis sorted out is because the matches that Mung Tong United still have to play. They have four more uh, away games that's coming up. Uh, the next match day, they go and play Trat FC. And we know what Trat did to Port. They got a result against Port and Port sits on the top of the table right now. After Trat, Mung Tong goes to Lampoon Warrior, which honestly, I think they should be getting three points from there. If they don't, Mung Tong deserve to go down and get relegated, honestly. And after Lampoon Warrior, it's the big game, Buriram United. And if we cannot get the injury situation uh, sorted out and we cannot have Villian pop back, it's going to be a really, really tough night for Mung Tong United. And in my predictions for this season, I actually you know, predicted that Mung Tong would go and win at least one silverware because they've had this trophy drought. But now, the more I see them, if they make top six, it, it's going to be a big result for them. The injury situation really need to get sorted out really soon because we're just going to keep seeing boring football and you know keep losing to smaller sides and i'm just worried about trot fc now but yeah that's pretty much it for my match report thank you for having me once again and uh good luck with the podcast yeah cheers kevin how to break it to you here's some sad facts you say that it'd be an embarrassment if montong lost at trap but you said earlier that port lost there and as you quite rightly say port are top at the moment no team has got a divine right to win any games it's a good league this season many teams can beat each other you're not going to have the injuries clear up you're going to have to do the best you can montong and sadly a little bit like the man united's syndrome you're not quite as big as you once were hi my name's john and i'm listening to thai football podcast the thinking person's thai football podcast next up we've got our old friend reza and reza sends us this report from ratchaburi's match at the weekend thai football podcast good evening from true stadium in rangsit this is the Thai League match day 9 between Bangkok United and Rajaburi FC. The match has ended 3-1 for the home side. Rajaburi has the lead in the first half, but come out in the second half, looks like that they are practically defending with the Bangkok United, eager to getting an equalizer. After the equalizer in the last 10 minutes of the match, Rachaburi seems doesn't have the power to survive, to keep the goal. And Bangkok punished the team with another two goals. The score ended 3-1. Next match will be the FA Cup and another home match for the Thai League against Chonburi FC. See you next time. Cheers. Thanks ever so much, Reza. And I'll be honest, I was following the scores on Sunday night and I thought they were going to get a point. 
it, it's a bit up and down season, isn't it, for Ratbury? It is. I mean, I knew they'd give them a game on current form. Ratbury, are they just that typical mid-table side, do you think? Maybe a good run in the Cups? They're not at all dissimilar to Montonga we just discussed. Well, we'll wait and see. See how it pans out for them this season. Hi, my name is Fran and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. I've been sent two reports from the police terror Conken United match. One from a police terror perspective and one from a Conken United perspective. So which one would you like to hear first, Rob? Or save Graham for later. Okay. So we've got Isaac reporting from the Conken United side, and this is what he had to say. Conken United ended a three-game losing streak, beating Police Terror 3-1 at the Bunyachinda Stadium. All four goals were scored in the second half, with Conken United striking first, just after the restart, with a long-range attempt from Chachai. United scored the second goal in the 70th minute, with a goal from Lossamy Karabue. Police Terror grabbed a goal back from the penalty spot in added time, before Stephen Langill put the game away on a counter-attack after Police Terror pushed numbers forward, chasing a late equaliser. The final scoreline might be a bit surprising if you're only looking at the match stats, with Police Terror outshooting Conken United 28-6 and having 73% of possession. United keeper Chiroat had another standout performance with several key saves, helping to give the visitors their first away win of the season, a feat which wasn't accomplished until the first game of the second leg in the previous season. So that those are Isaac's thoughts on the weekend. Those stats are incredible, aren't they? One, one goal from 28 shots is, is not a great return, is it? No. And a lot of possession as well. Great win for Conken United. And, and teams do have days like that. We've seen it, haven't we, at all standards? Anyway, do you want to hear what Graham had to say from the opposing point of view? I work with bated breath. Okay, here we go. How did we lose that? No cutting edge in front of goal. John Wujian is a decent striker, but at five foot nine, not the big strong striker needed to bully a very small Conken United defence. Chasing the game, we take off Janapop probably our most creative player, and Kwame Karikari wasn't having the best game, but shove him right in the centre of the box and he might physically worry the defence. And we replaced them with Dennis, who looked terrified of his own shadow, and another defender. 73% possession, 28 shots on goal, 17 off target, clear to see where the problems are. Fair play to Conken United. They came with a plan to defend and hit us on the break and executed it perfectly. The ageing Langill and Karabue both had good games. They know the Thai league very well and use their pace well. Also a shout out to the visitors keeper who started his time-wasting antics in the 38th minute, taking until the 61st minute for the referee to notice and give him a yellow card. However, he did pull off a cracking save in the second half that was just as important as a goal for them. Reading those two out, they both saw the game in the same way, didn't they? They did, and fair play to uh, Graham. He's very magnanimous towards Conken. And to wrap up our roundup of league games this week, we've got a first-time reporter. It's always nice to have someone new on the show. And this is Bill Greaves, who's a Sucker Thai fan. And the weekend started really well for Bill. A home win against the league leaders, Port. And these are Bill's thoughts on that game. Ties to podcast. Match reports. Our game 
Last week against uh, Ratchaburi, we played terribly. So my expectations Friday evening were absolutely zero. I didn't know what would happen, and I didn't know what to expect. Sukhothai played great. We had a truly full team, altogether excellent performance. I would like to say that Coach Lack selected some things from Dennis Amato last season. Last season, we started the, the year out terribly, and then Bangkok United came to town. Uh, I was a little apprehensive, but Amato had solidified the defense. Bangkok came nowhere near our goal, and we very nearly beat them. And that is exactly what Coach Lack did against Port on Friday. Kitty Pun, the goalie, played great, same as usual. John Baggio had left the club to go to Port when we were relegated three years ago, and he came back at the Christmas break last season. He's been a great player for Sukatai ever since. And uh, in the second minute, it was Baggio who put the crossover for Bonilla to get the opening goal. Bonilla, again, is a superstar from years ago. He, like Baggio, went to Port. And uh, last year, I think he was at Chiang Rai. He returned to the club. Sadly, he's, he's a few years older and his age is starting to tell. He got a great first goal in the game and he always does his best but his best is not what it was a few years ago. Soldan, number three, was the uh, center of our defense last season. There's been problems with which foreign players to play, and he hasn't seen a lot of game time this season. But Coach Lack has brought him back. He centered the defense, and uh, he did a truly great job in keeping Port out. My favorite three players are six, seven, and eight. Six, Chakrit, is supposed to be a defender, but he he plays up front a lot. He was out on Friday because of a red card, so he was sadly missed. Seven, Lursan, and eight, the Japanese guy. They are great players, and they had a great game on, on Friday. Number 13, Pierat, is not one of my regular favorites, but he had a good game on Friday. 22, Chawasit is another not regular favorite, but uh, he was solid in general. The team played well together. They played as a team. Our defense under Coach Lack is perhaps not as solid as it was uh, under Dennis last season, but uh, our attack is a little bit stronger than we were last season. So kudos to Coach Lack for putting a great team on the field on Friday. What were my impressions of Port? I am still bearing a grudge against Port's coach. He was the man in charge 
when we went down to Supanbury three years ago, the last game of the season, we needed a point to stay up. Supanbury needed three. In the first half, it was an even game. And at halftime, I was looking forward to a second half, but the idiot coach decided to pull our team back into park the bus defense. If we had just kept going, the worst that could have happened would have been a 0-0 draw. But no, we took everything back, sure as death. Uh, Supanbury got a goal, they stayed up, and we were relegated and I have borne a grudge against Port's coach ever since. I was planning to write a lot of revenge things on Facebook, but I didn't because after the Ratchaburi game, we were so bad, I thought if revenge would only uh, encourage Port to rub our noses in it. So Port are not genuine contenders. They are perhaps top of the league, but I, I don't think they're going to stay there very long. I suspect Bangkok United will end up being champions this year. They're having a good season. Yeah, Bill, thanks ever so much. And as Dale says, great to have another new reporter in. And I watched the game, and I have to say, Sukhothai deserved it. Yeah, I think it's, it surprised a lot of people if they only just saw the score, but... Well deserved by all accounts, as as you've just said, Rob. I think Bill can probably look forward to the rest of the season with a bit more optimism now. I would think so. And it proves again, doesn't it, what a good league it is when teams are all beating each other. Another thing, it's good to see Baggio still playing. I think he's probably, in certainly in my experience, he's probably the one player that fans of every other club would love to see in their team. Yeah. I, I nearly fell off my seat when... Benila scored. I must admit, having seen his efforts at PAT, but inevitable, isn't it, against your old club? How many times must that happen? Hi, my name is Anthony, and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Into T2 next, we've got an interview with Nakon Ratchasima fan Mark Loveridge, who's going to bring us up to date with all the off-field problems and his team's, on paper, good start to the season. Let's hear what Mark has to say. Hi, Mark. Hi Adele, how are you? I'm very well, thanks mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. It's good to chat at last. Put a voice to the, the Twitter handle. Anyway, we've got you on today to talk about Swapcat. So can we just rewind a little bit till the end of last season when obviously you were relegated? How, how did that all happen? We had Kevin Blackwell as manager. He came in, changed everything around. And I enjoyed Kevin. I enjoyed his football. I enjoyed the atmosphere. It was funny as hell when we used to stick the camera in the huddle and be, all you could hear was Kevin effing and Jeffing. He just brought a new atmosphere to the club. Anyway, we were starting to fly. All of a sudden, we started losing games. And I saw Joe on the touchline next to him. I thought, well, what's going on here? And I felt sorry for Kevin. I thought he was dumped on, really, because... He still had a contract to go, something like the end of the season, and they brought Joe in, a whole new backroom team with the old, old manager, Dale, from back in about 2007. Made our captain from two years ago, put him on the coaching start. Basically, it was downhill from then. But the other thing as well, halfway through the season, well, after Kevin left, all the players, and I mean nearly all the players, were out of contract. Now, who's going to play for a team with no contract? They weren't being offered new ones. So obviously, when we got relegated, we had to find another new team. It's ridiculous. 
So we found ourselves relegated. See, Kevin took us to the FA Cup final against Burrow. We knew we weren't going to win, but, but you know, that's something out of nothing. <clears throat> no, we're down here on T2. Okay, we were top up until the weekend, but Joe's still being Joe, still playing the same way. Everybody knows how, we're, how we play. I'm surprised we were at the top. I am, must admit. I was expected to be mid-table, but we are where we are with a whole new team. And I think the team, are they good enough for T1? Nope. They're good enough for T2. That's why we're up around the top three. But as soon as we go with this team, if why are you saying that? Because you know Thai football. We could go to T1 and they'll um, disperse the team again. I don't know if every other team does it, but we seem to do it every season. Thai clubs do have a, a habit of shooting themselves in the foot by doing yeah. things like this. Things that from certainly from the outside look completely inexplicable and ridiculous. But obviously we're not privy to what's going on behind closed no. doors. But when things are going well, you you know, you'd think that they'd they'd capitalize on that momentum, wouldn't they? They'd think, you know, we've we've stumbled on something here. Let's let's keep it going, let's build on it. But as you've just said, you know, the opposite seems to happen. They just mess it up. I mean, a good example, right? They've only just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, built a club shop, you know, at the ground. Now to buy my shirts before. I used to have to go in onto Facebook, contact someone on Facebook. They point me to a random backstreet shop in Karat, and I go and find him. <clears throat> Funny enough, the last time I bought two shirts, bought them, and then I went to the ground, and the guy was still inside with a rack of them. We could take our granddaughter. That's the other thing. When you take a child to football, there's no facilities for them whatsoever. There's no like anything for them to do, so she gets bored until we get in the ground, you know. So you have to, we have to time it to get there, so we can go straight into the ground. And where the ground is so far out of town, it's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest with you, because you've got to get a grab out there and then trying to get a taxi back at the end. We always, I always grab the same security guy, which I've known for years, and he makes a phone call for me and we get back into Karat. Because we live an hour and a half away at the Booker Hotel in Karat, I can't just go straight home because by the time the game is finished, it's too late for a train. There's no buses going back because the last bus leaves Karat at six o'clock at night to go back to where we live. They, they spend a lot of money on the ground. This is, this is another thing that I was scratching my head at. They put all new seating in two years ago, or maybe three, and now we don't get anybody at the ground, you know? And I was talking to Jamie about this the other day. We were on Twitter. I think it was when the Bury Rain game. We're the only club that's put a paywall to watch the home games. No other club in the in the league do it. You, I can watch every single game on YouTube or on one of the streaming sites. Now, I don't have a problem paying for the game. I would pay a YouTube membership so I can watch the home games. I've emailed the club. I've put it on Twitter to the club. I've done it on Facebook. I don't know what it's like with the rest of the clubs. We don't get any feedback whatsoever. And uh, it's frustrating. So I have to wait for the highlights to come out on a home game. And it's really, really frustrating. Some days here, I'll have three or four games on in one go. I've got two big screens. So I'll have one behind me, one in front of me, one on my laptop and one on my phone. So I do watch a lot of Thai football. Well, even the smallest clubs, Dale, down in T3, you can watch them on a streaming or on a YouTube, you know? Why Spot Cap do it? It's a mystery. Yeah, it, it does seem crazy. Because you're right. I mean, I don't think there's... Well, there hasn't been a time where you've had so much access to all these matches. And for, for a club to do that, it just seems it seems baffling, really. I've tried but, getting through on LinkedIn, OK, because I've obviously I've got a Thai bank account and I get mostly for it. And it sends me to line. I try it online and that blocks me. And it sends me the Google way and I get almost there and it blocks me again. It's just frustrating. It really is, you know. Let's talk about Buriram on the weekend. Look the way that's set up. I mean, on the street, on the YouTube, they had 102, I think it was 102,000 people watching now when we do it on because sometimes they'll open it up for the like the fa or cup or something like that we even we get 
23,000 watching on YouTube, but they still don't get it, Dale. It's crazy. I watch Port on YouTube, 20, 25,000. And if, the, if they want to expand it to the open world, which they should, should do but they won't because of the because of the small mindedness of the Thai fa because they want to keep a tight grip on it but yeah the actual access now that come from covid which is a positive i used to struggle to get games you know before before covid but now yeah yeah it's, it's brilliant i mean we've touched on this on the podcast before the the whole issue with the tv deal which dominated the chat during the close season and then when clubs decided that this was the way forward it, it did seem like it was a very positive step and and as you say you know the the figures bear that out I mean those are remarkable numbers aren't they for, for anybody watching Thai football online it's absolutely incredible you know you think I mean in rural Thailand we're not talking in Bangkok or down you know we're talking ruled up in Isan, up in Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai and all that, you know. And they always they got is a mobile phone, but they've got YouTube so they can watch the game on their mobile phone. It's just fantastic. You know, it's just brilliant. You know, they're in an old style Thai home, got a bit of Wi-Fi or whatever, and then um, they can watch the game. This is where the figures come from, but they don't understand it. That person could support Chongburi, Samat Prakan, I don't know. Even Samat Prakan is an open thing on YouTube. You just click on, I was watching them yesterday. So wherever you are in Thailand or around the world, you can watch watch your team, but it's just for swap cat. They, they don't do anything for the fans. And that's why the ground now, if you look at it, is empty. I think the most we get now is about a thousand people at a game, if that. Now, the last time I went, which was a few years ago now, was Bangkok United. We had a full house there. There was 29,000 there. It was brilliant. Now, now what's happened over the last three years, I don't really know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like I mean, the fans are voting with the feet, doesn't it? This is something that always comes up whenever we talk about Nakon Ratchasima, is the potential. Because even though there are obviously issues getting to and from the stadium, and it is located quite a long way out of the city, there's no doubt in that it's a fantastic facility. And it's clearly geared up for top-flight football, isn't it? And hosting international matches, which it's it's done in the past. It's absolutely perfect for that, you know? The facilities are, are pretty good. The toilets was a good example you know they're not too far away from the stands they're easy to get to the reason i say that because when you have a child you know she wants to go to the toilet you've got to get there pretty quick sometimes or when you it's, get to our age mark <laughs> <laughs> the last time i took five pints of beer in i thought oh, i can't be doing that anymore i'm too old for that <laughs> you miss most of the game don't you yeah it's it's only used as a football stadium it's not used for athletics anymore be a fantastic venue for concerts where the club could make more money it's just dormant all the time like and why spend all that money on all those seats well, there was nothing wrong with the seats they just faded they could have sprayed them it just frustrates me with how it's run when we get a good crowd there it's a fantastic atmosphere it's a really buzzing atmosphere so i now go on to the north bank all right it's a bit hot because it's in the sun there's a great atmosphere, you know, with the drums, the flags, and all that. And you're in with the um, in with the farmer, shall we say? Um, mind you, they're tanked up on Lao Cao in Leo, so you've got to be um, really, really friendly. It's a great atmosphere. I love it in the North Bank. So. Do you see those days returning? I mean, obviously, you you've painted a pretty bleak picture throughout this oh. interview. But do, do you think that they will get back to those levels again? I mean, it's very tight in that second division, isn't it, this season? Yeah. I mean, realistically, there's probably seven or eight teams who could be in contention come the end of the season. And there's no reason why you can't be one of them. And if you get back into that top flight, do you, do you think things will take off? Will they have learnt the lessons from the mistakes that you've just highlighted? I hope so. Put it that way. You know, I'm always optimistic. Last season, we had the best central defender we've had for years in Charlie. He knew what he was doing, obviously, because of his experience. And they wouldn't offer him a contract. Now he's gone to, gone to Port. 
hasn't played a game apart from one. I think even well, what a waste! What a waste! You know, what a waste! I think it's going to be between us and Chang. Is it Chiang Mai? But put it this way: if we go up down mid table next year, I'll be happy with that because we're already out of the FA Cup. We played the League Cup last week, and he put out a second string. We just weren't good enough for that. And he's so he, he's obviously trying to get back in. I like his enthusiasm, Joe. You know, when we score, he's running around on the pitch like headless chicken, cuddling the players and that. He has got that. But he's got no, that's the other thing I've noticed. There's no coaching staff there anymore. anymore. When we had Kevin there, with a lot of backroom staff, there's no coaching team there anymore. It just seems to be Joe and the ex-captain taking training. We haven't even got a, um, a goalkeeping coach anymore, from what I can see. I just, what annoys me now is, is can we keep a team consistent? If we can keep a, a consistent team, if this team comes up and put in a few new players in, then we should do all right. Because we've got Greg and we've got Melvin. They're two good players, really, really good players. But they need a bit more coaching. So we have got good players in there. But I, I'm optimistic, put it that way. You've got to be, haven't you? Otherwise, there's no point following it. following the team. You just, well, give up and pack. You know. That's it. You've got to stay optimistic. And I think yeah. just just before we go, I think as well, you know, speaking to fans of other clubs and, and Thai football fans, I think the consensus is that they'd all love to see you back in the top flight. We all get, you know, get a real buzz by seeing your stadium full. And I think a strong a strong Nakon Ratchasima team in the top flight would be welcomed by most fans of Thai football. Because it's the, well, it's what I call the Isan Triangle. And now we've just got a straight line. You've got um, Konken, Buriram. Before it was like Konken, Buriram and us. So it's like the Isan Triangle, if you know what I mean. You know, and, and you know, we need to be back in that league. We always take a good away lot. So Wednesday one, we took a 200 down to Nakon, whatever it was. And that's a thousand kilometre journey. The fans will go anywhere for the team. That's very impressive considering what you've what you've been going through. Yeah. Anyway, thanks thanks so much for that, Mark. It, no it, problem, Dale. Great to chat at last. And no problem. fingers crossed you'll be back in the top flight next season and well, I'll still be, the packed houses. I'll still be ribbing you all on Twitter, don't worry. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wouldn't be the same if you weren't, mate. Anyway, <laughs> that's been great. Yeah, thanks, Dale. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mark. Really enjoyed that. And like I said during the course of the interview, it would be great to see the SWAT cat back up in the top flight, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Yeah, and a, and a lovely chat about it. The one thing I'd point out, I wouldn't worry too much about Swapcat paying for the developments of the stadium. It's more likely to be the SAT. Anyway, to finish this week's episode, we've got something a little bit different. We're going to step outside the professional game and we've got an interview with Jimmy, who's one of the Bangkok old boys footballers who play in the Vets League. It's very much part-time, very much for fun. And this is what Jimmy has to say about his experiences turning out on a Saturday with a load of other old blokes waddling around fields in Bangkok and beyond, as we will hear. I've got Jimmy on the line. How are you, Jimmy? I'm good, I'm good. So, Bangkok Old Boys FC, what can you tell us about them? Uh, well, obviously, we're a Bangkok-based football team. We started about five years ago. We, we used to be an 11-a-side casual football team. And a few of us just got too old, couldn't run in the sun for two hours on a weekend. So, we thought we'd try our luck in the Veterans League, which is... Uh, over 35s generally you're 11 a side team did, did you play in the casuals league yeah played in the casuals league for a few years we always used to go by the name of the yellow team randomly and we were uh well terrible i used to play in the casuals league years ago sort of late 90s it started off being a lot of fun and then i think it went to two divisions at one point and it got quite serious and we were the same as you we just kind of wanted to kick around 
we were all getting on a bit as well. Um, so maybe we should have followed your lead because it sounds like you've you've done the right thing. Yeah, it has the ups and downs, but we're we're having a good time, and it's basically quite a lot of teams from the Casuals League anyway. So you've got the usual suspects of the French team, the Japanese team, a really good English team, and then us who are just mixed to everyone. Do you play in a league, or are they just tournaments scattered throughout the year? It's it's called the Vets League, but it's basically a tournament every month. And have have you ever come up against any? Ex-professionals or interesting opponents? Well, we all have a bit of a spicy game. The Germans and the Scans, very nice people off the pitch, but when we get on it, I think we're so keen to win that it can get exciting. I've certainly been involved in games like that. And it's funny you should mention those two teams because they were very competitive back in the day as well. And there used to be a French side, which someone with a very strong connection to the Thai professional league used to play for. And he used to treat every game as if it was a World Cup final, which I found quite Uh, amusing. think I know who you're talking about. We won't mention it. The main, but... <laughs> the main suspect, normally. Yeah. is he, He's not still playing, is he? In vets, yeah. And is he still the same? Yeah. Well, he hates me because he's too quick, so I keep kicking him. Well, we but... could, we'll let people speculate on who that might be, I think. So when's your next tournament? Oh, and the next one, I think we've got, in two weeks, we've got a vets league in Bangkok. But then the week after, we're going to Phuket for a tournament there, which sounds, now that I've got the details, sounds awful, as it's an 11-a-side goal on 7-a-side pitch. No offsides, so it'll probably be about 20-20, I guess. I think we'll see some interesting results. So do you, do you get to travel much? Uh, we went to Vietnam two months ago, just had a friendly there. I mean, you play football for two hours and then the rest of it is, you're out. It's good, it's fun. And how how do these things get arranged? How did the Vietnam trip come about? Uh, well, because we have so many different nationalities in our in the football team, it's from an ex-player who who lives in Vietnam now, and so he's running a team there. So we just joined up and had a kick around. There's a tournament in Vietnam in a couple of weeks. Then there's Phuket. They have Hoa Hin World Cup. There's pretty much the whole of of the cool season in Thailand is tournaments you could go to. And is there a, an admission fee for these tournaments? Yeah, yeah. Generally, there turns out to be a, probably about twenty thousand baht just to enter the tournament. And then, if, like, say we're playing in Phuket, we've got the entrance fee, our flights, the hotels, and then ev- everything else. And it just racks up. The individual cost is sometimes crazy. Which leads me nicely into my next question, which I saw you on Twitter a week or so ago appealing for sponsors. So if anybody's interested, are you, are you happy for them to get in touch? I would love to because I have found the most disgusting football shirts that I am desperate for us to wear. And so if you really want your logo on the front of... I haven't, I haven't decided against the leopard skin or the hippie vibe yet, but if one of those suits your fancy, get in touch. So if anybody's interested in having their logo of their business splashed across the front of a leopard skin shirt or a hippie vibe shirt, then either contact me or Jimmy. Have you got photographs? Yeah, yeah I'll send you the the pictures and you get to decide on your favourite. That would be great. And it's quite a competitive market, isn't it, for hideous football shirts? Oh, we could go viral with it. Just imagine big, fat, overweight Frank wearing your football shirt. Nothing can go wrong with it. What could be more appealing, Jimmy? I think I think you've nailed it there. We'll, we'll probably be on the Bangkok Post. It'll be fine. I mean, I know it's not about winning, but have you had much success over the years? Um, well, it depends how you define much 
We've had occasional wins of the, the Veterans League. Around 2019, 2020, we won the plate of an international tournament and the plates like the runner-up cup so that was probably as good as it gets anybody who does want to get involved is buying into a successful team then <laughs> we try or it could be just the boost you need you might be able to make a few more signings with the the money you get from the sponsorship yeah i mean it's bangkok so there are always players for hire so any ex-professionals want to join us as well get in touch I'm sure you'll get some interest in that. I think, in my experience, there's there's always someone knocking around. Like I said, when I used to play, every couple of weeks, one of the lads would come and say, oh, there's an ex-Blackburn Rovers player who's just moved to Patia, or there's an ex-Hartlepool United goalkeeper who's now living in Chiang Mai or something. Shall we see if we can get them? So these these people are out there, Jimmy, so you might have a bit of luck. Yeah, but it normally turns out that they they had a trial once when they were 11. Of the current squad that you have, who are your better players? I, OK, I'd start at the back in goal. We've got Neo, goal stopper, penalty saver, extraordinaire, and Mark, striker. Full of himself, but the only player who can actually score in a team. So I'll That's all that. you need from a striker. Yeah, he doesn't shut up about it. That's the problem. All the best strikers... You know, they've got to have that bit of self-confidence, haven't they, and that self-belief. If he's doing the business, then let him talk as much as he wants. No, we cannot let that happen. That's not a thing. Anyway, just away from the, the Bangkok old boys, do you follow the, the Thai leagues at all? Yeah, mostly just on social media. I mean, I live in Samut Prakan, and I've been to see Samut Prakan City a couple of times, but realistically, it's so far away that... Thai port's easier. Been to that a few times, but I, I don't go to go watch it regularly. What do you make of the standard? I enjoy it. I just enjoy watching football. So even Sunday league is is good. I mean, sometimes I watch the highlights and then go straight on to match of the day. And I mean, you can notice the difference, but it's generally enjoyable. I mean, arguably, it's probably more exciting than the Premier League because it's so amateur and just mistakes can happen. Would Mark get a game with any of the teams you've seen, do you think? <laughs> no, 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 not giving him that. It's been really good to chat. I've really enjoyed that. And as we've said, if anybody's interested in getting some sponsorship, you know, have your name of your business emblazoned across the front of a, a garish looking football shirt, just drop us a line or get in touch with Jimmy. Jimmy's on Twitter as Somchai the Dog. And I think Bangkok All Boys also have their own Twitter account, don't they? Yeah, we do. So people can find you on there. So if you are interested, just give them a shout. And maybe would you encourage people to come along and watch you as well? Yep. You can buy us drinks. We'll buy you drinks. And you can see some terrible, terrible football. That's the trailer for the show sorted as well. Thanks, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Anyway, thanks so much, mate. And good luck. And we'll all be keeping our eyes open for your results, especially the 11-a-side games played on a 7-a-side pitch with full-size goals. I'm looking forward to some high-scoring matches in that tournament. Yeah, well, we probably won't score many, but it'll be a big number somewhere. Great stuff. Right, thanks a lot, mate. Speak soon. Fantastic. That was that was nice to get a little bit of an insight into something a little different. And it brought back a few memories for me. As I, as I said, during the course of the interview, I used to play in the Casuals League and it was great until I got too old. Oh, you're never too old. Um, if he's after a slow forward, there's one uh, lounging around at Seasicket most Saturdays. OK, I'll give him your number, Rob. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you, I thought you were going to get your boots back on. Oh, dearie me, honestly. That's it for this week. So it's been a packed show and it's been great to have so many different contributors as well. And as always, 
if anybody wants to join in, just let us know. So have a great week. Enjoy the football. And we'll see you all next Wednesday. Have a fantastic week, everyone. <laughs>